In the sixth lesson of Finding Financial Freedom, Howard Dayton starts out with this scripture. Colossians 3, uh, 23 and 24 says this, whatever you do, do your work heartily as unto the Lord. And then uh, at the end of verse 24, it says, for it is Christ Jesus you serve, not merely men. In that lesson, basically what he says is, we need to have a work ethic to where when people see people of faith, they know that we are gonna be productive. We're gonna add something. We're gonna be constructive in this world. And then when we get paid for our work, every, uh, every a portion should always go to the Lord because this is as unto the Lord. This is not just so that we can live. It's not just to be productive. It's as unto the Lord. I wonder if the same shouldn't be true of our conversation. That when we talk, we talk with the Lord in mind. Not just the object of what we're trying to say or communicate. We dedicate a part of that conversation to the Lord. In the third book of our Becoming Disciples, in, in our discipleship training series, when it talks about participating in the mission of the church, the mission that God has for us, the reason we're still down here. You know, when Christ comes into our lives, we are a new I am. We have a new life. And, and, and then we find, a, we, we find a, a spiritual family, an us, because nobody can grow by themselves as a Christian, nobody. We were meant for spiritual fellowship so that somebody has our back, so that somebody's calling us out, out of us what we can't see ourselves. So I am is us, but it's always for them. It's always for people beyond our group, there where they are. And to that end, we need to be evangelists, all of us. We need to be able to tell the good news. That's what evangelicals do, by the way. That's what evangelical means, telling people the good news about Jesus. And so in this third lesson, in this book, it says this. It says, our witness is more than our model. It also needs to be accomplished by words. That is, last week I said, you gotta have credibility by the way you live or nobody will listen to what you have to say. So you, you establish credibility by how you love, how you serve, how you give your life away to others. And then they'll listen to your words. And so it says this, it also needs to be accomplished by our words, how to share our faith with those who are presently outside the faith, how we have this witness in everyday conversations, maximizing those opportunities in everyday conversations. Now, I'm gonna say some, something, I'm gonna teach you something this morning. And this isn't just a preaching, this is a teaching. You know when I got to lectern out here, we're talking about teaching. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna train you because it's unfair for me to expect you to have spiritual conversations if you don't know how to do it, if you don't even know how to start it. I, uh, last, after last uh, uh, Sunday's nine o'clock service, I met somebody in the hallway. And this is a very intelligent man, you know this guy. And he came up to me and he was shaking, talking to me. And he said, I gotta ask you something. He said, I'm an introvert. He said, it makes me nervous just to talk to you. And he said, look at me, and he was shaking. And he said, 
how am I supposed to, to, to share my faith when I'm wired like I am? I don't like talking to people. How am I expected to share my faith? Well, that's a really good question. Because I suspect that the reason we have so large a church is where introverts can come and hide. You know? Seriously. I, 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 I mean, nobody will notice me, you know? I'm an introvert. It makes me really nervous. Even as much as I know about the faith, it makes me nervous to talk to other people about it. Just simply because I get nervous talking to other people. And so, but even if you're an extrovert, you got to know what to say. You got to know how to establish this. So, going to make you uncomfortable. Because what did I say last week? Unless you're called into doing something that makes you uncomfortable, you're probably not growing. You don't, you don't grow by being comfortable. You grow by stretching yourself. And today we want to talk about spiritual conversations. Now here's the reason. It says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, this is what it says. This is good and acceptable in the sight of the Lord, God, of God our Savior, who desires all men, all mankind, all men and women to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Well, if that's going to happen, how's it going to happen? It's going to happen by the conversations that people who are already saved have with the others who don't, who aren't. And so this is, this is the text of this lesson in, in our um, um, discipleship training series. This is the text. Starting with Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. And I'm going to underline a couple of parts as we go along. Colossians 4, starting with verse 2, it says... Um, there we are. No. No, verse 2. No, that's verse 4. Okay, sorry. <laughs> my, my thing wasn't quite right. Devote yourselves to prayer. First lesson. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just show you this slide in a minute. If you're going to have a spiritual effect, it's going to come from prayer. It's not going to come from your own natural wisdom. It's not going to come from your religious knowledge. It's going to be because the Lord went before you. If we are to have a spiritual effect, we have to have a spiritual beginning. You all know that before you ever get in here, I pray the sanctuary every Sunday morning. This entire room has been prayed for. I pray over the cameras because I want the spirit to go out and not just the words and the image. Prayer is extremely important. So it says, and the word means keep devoting yourselves to prayer. All right? Devote yourself to prayer. What's not working here? Uh, line. How about if I do that? Prayer. Okay, that worked. Okay. Devote yourself to prayer. <clears throat> Keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving, praying at the same time for us as well, that God will open up to us a door for the word. Okay, so you're looking for an opening so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ. Here's another thing to consider. Remember what you're doing is not presenting a religious formula. Christ isn't a formula. This isn't a religion. This is a relationship. And what we're, what we're asking people to do is to engage in a relationship with God. Relationships are always a mystery. They're never automatic. They're never mechanical. They're always a mystery. So therefore, you're not just presenting mechanical points to somebody for their consideration. 
all right? The mystery of Christ, which I have also been imprisoned. Now, next we go to this. This is, oh no, wait, sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, how about this? That I may make it clear in the way, look at this, I ought to speak. Now watch, verse six. How you should respond to each person. Each one of these conversations is going to be different. Don't try to make them the same. Each person you talk to is different. Therefore, the conversation always ought to fit who you are and who they are. The conversation always ought to fit who you are and who they are. Now, let me come to these two points. And, and because we've already made these, you start with prayer. You make sure you're living what you are, what you are going to try to communicate, all right, to the best of your, the best of your ability so far, okay? We're all covered by grace. We all fall. We all make mistakes. We're all sinners. The reason we're here is because we admit it. So, so don't expect yourself to be perfect. And don't ever let your own failures forbid you from speaking the truth of God. All right? That's what the devil would, devil would have you say, you're not worthy to do this. And, 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 the, and, and the Lord would say, I know, but I want them to do it. Okay, so the Lord trumps the devil every time. Now, when you're looking at people, here's, I want you to keep this in mind. God made us all in kind of three general components. Uh, M. Griffin wrote a book called Making Friends, and in that he said, if you went to London, there are three different types of maps to get around the city. One is uh, a street map. You know, you just have street maps and, and, and so another is a map of the thoroughfares. This is the, this is the way to get to someplace the fastest and the most heavily traveled um, 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 passages through London. And the third one is the subway or as they call it the tube. Those of you who've been to London, the tube. Now, you won't have a complete map of how to get around unless you overlay all of those. Do you know that when God made people, he made the same kind of um, 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 tripartite um, listening uh, or, or personality makeup. You know what it says in, in um, Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, it says, love the Lord your, your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Those are the three parts that, that, are, that make up people. Their emotions, their spirit, and their intellect. And so I'm gonna teach you today how to establish a, a spiritual conversation just beginning in those three avenues and then you can carry it uh, according to um, whatever the conversation will allow, whatever the person um, is ready for, all right? Before I get there, let me, let me just say to you, you need to not be afraid to establish yourself as a spiritual person in that conversation, as, as who you are. When it says, keeping alert for an open door into the mystery of Christ, um, but it also says, let me go back, let me go back to this, uh, um, well, let me go back to this part. It says, let your speech always be with grace as though seasoned with salt. When you're speaking, 
there are certain things that you can, you can just drop into any conversation that let them know who you are and what your perspective is, all right? And so you want, to, you want them to know that you're spiritually oriented. You know, ultimately you want them to know you're a Christian, that'll come out. But you want to establish yourself as a spiritual, if I ever have, you know, you want to establish in their mind, if I ever need to have a spiritual conversation, this is who I can have it with. And I know that because of some of the things they've said in our normal conversation. What are some of those things? Well, some of those things are words like, God bless you. You know, when you, when you, when you uh, part from somebody, it, nobody's, I don't think anybody's ever offended when you go, well, God bless you, you know? It's just, when, when you see a bit of good news, this isn't up there, but, but you know, there's one single word that is translated in every language the same, every language. So when somebody says, how many languages do you speak? You can say all of them. Here's the word, hallelujah. You know, when somebody brings you good news, you say, well, hallelujah. You know, you don't have to take it any further than that. You don't whip out a four spiritual laws booklet. You just say, hallelujah, you know, so that they know this is a person who has a religious interest, a religious capacity. Another thing is when somebody comes with a need, you say, oh man, that breaks my heart. First thing you want to do is you want to sympathize with, you want to empathize with them. And then you say, you know, I'm going to be praying about that, if that's okay. And then you immediately couple that with, is there anything I can do to help? Because you want them to know the kind of faith you have also is a practical help. It's not just this spiritual, I'll be praying for you, see you later. It is anything I can do to help. You want them to couple that so that as they go through life, you have already salted the conversation, establishing yourself as a spiritual resource in that relationship. That's the first step. The second step <clears throat> is to understand that you will need to be the one who initiates most of times any kind of spiritual conversation or any kind of conversation really to go any deeper than just how you doing, you think it'll rain this afternoon. You're, you're gonna have to be the one who does that. Could I just reassure you um, of something? God's already at work in their life. You're not bringing the Lord to them. The Lord's already there. The Lord's everywhere. The Lord's already working on their heart. You know, even when they have these, these uh, um, uh, surveys that looks like religion's going down the tubes, which it's of course not, um, 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 they're talking about institutionalized religion. They're not talking about people's interest. You know, in the recent Gallup polls, 50% of the people who said, um, uh, I don't go to church right now, 50% of them said, but I want to get back someday. 50% immediately. 20% of the people said, I'm just waiting on somebody to ask me. That's, that's pretty much what it's going to take to get me back into a relationship with the Lord. For those uh, who are, who are um, um, categorized as nuns, N-O-N-E-S, the not, not affiliated, I have no favorite religious preference. Even those aren't hostile toward the church 
or other religious institutions. As a matter of fact, they kind of see the church as uh, kind of the ice cream, uh, ice cream place down the street. If I ever get a hankering for ice cream, I'll go there. That's kind of how, how they see the church. If I ever get a hankering for religion, I'll go there. You know, there are many more people than you realize are ready for this kind of conversation. But they have to have, first of all, an intellectual construct with you. Just talking about things that are deep. Can I say, tell you one more thing? When, when I do sermons, um, I had somebody come up in and he had to give a speech. And he said, you know, you're pretty good at this. He said, what do you think of when you give a sermon? What do you, there are three things that I think about when I, when I make up a sermon. And they're right along the line of how, of how God's aligned me, uh, how align, God's aligned all of us. Mind, spirit, emotion. That is to say, in every sermon, I want to teach you something you don't know intellectually. So that, so that you'll go, I go, huh, never thought of that. So you feel like you made a connection and you actually learned something that's good for everybody, that everybody ought to know. There, there, there needs to be that kind of connection. The second thing is the spirit. I, I want, when I read scripture, that's a spiritual highway. That connects, the Bible says it's alive and active. It's a, it, says, it says that the spirit has its own impact. It doesn't return void. And so the, the scripture speaks to your spirit. And I will always want to, uh, to uh, explain scripture. The third thing is, I tell stories. Do you know why? Because it connects with the little kid in you. It's gotta, there's gotta be a relational component. There's gotta be an emotional component. My target audience is the eight-year-old in every one of us. Because that's pretty much how we, we make up our minds about things. There's an eight-year-old running loose. And, 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 we, and, we, and we, we form connections at that level. We don't form connections intellectually. And many of us don't even form, well, I mean, our spirit is quickened, but that's not how we form human connections. We, we form human connections emotionally. And so you gotta, you gotta be who you are. You gotta be who you are. So, so let, me, let, me, let, me, let me go back. I'm, I'm kind of getting behind the eight ball here because I'm talking. Too much. So, so there's a general, oh, I forgot this. In John chapter four, in John chapter four, verse seven, can you believe none of these sermons are really alike? Uh, I, I, keep, I keep getting these, this just in. Um, John chapter four, verse seven. I was going there a while ago. <laughs> it's just how I do. Um, so, Jesus is in, this, is, is in the place we are, all right? He's, he, he's establishing the kingdom of God. He's busting up hell. That's what we're here to do. We're here to bust up hell. The gates of hell will not prevail against us, all right? This, that's the church we are. So he's busting up hell, and he's establishing the kingdom of God. In order to do that, you've got you've to cross boundaries. And, and, and these are uncomfortable. Do you remember when the woman of the well, this is, is uh, John chapter four, verse eight, there came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Remember, it was in the middle of the day. And I said, and, and, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Now, when Jesus did this, he, was, he made her uncomfortable on three levels. And, and it maybe it was even a little uncomfortable for him. Because number one, men didn't talk with women. 
You didn't, that was not the culture. Number two, Jews didn't talk with Samaritans. There was a racial thing going on here. And he broke down that barrier. Number three, righteous people didn't talk with sinners. She was, at, she was in there in the middle of the afternoon because, because no other women would be around and they wouldn't talk bad about her. All right? And she knew she was a sinner, as we know we are. So the point is that he made this contact with her. And he got her into a deeper conversation about her own life. And that's what we need to do with people. There's a general conversation that we can enter into with anybody to just to get them thinking about questions that, that are good information for us and it's good for them to think about. The general conversation that will, that will have an effect over a long period of time has questions like this. What makes you happy? Isn't that an interesting conversation to have with people? I mean, even your kids. Even, even, you know, what makes you happy? Most people don't even think about that. They just do the next thing they need, they need to do. But when you, when you say, what makes you happy? Wouldn't you like to know what makes somebody else happy? It's a great question. But it gets the, the relationship to another level. What is your goal in life? A lot of people don't even consider this. They feel like they were made for a purpose, but they don't, they don't even consider. And even if they haven't got an answer, they'll start thinking. They'll start, what is my goal in life? And then a general one. You know, do you have any kind of spiritual beliefs? All of this is intellectual information that would be good, be good for people to think through themselves and would be good for you to know as someone who has a relationship with them. Now, you don't need to rush this. this. This doesn't have to have an immediate spiritual application. This is just building a relationship that later on God can, can kind of shoot through the roof. Let me tell you something about bamboo. Can I tell you something about bamboo? This is one of those intellectual, huh, I never knew that. See, we're making an intellectual connection here. Okay, just want you to know what's happening. Chinese bamboo, this is really interesting. When you plant a bamboo shoot, it can take three or four years and not grow, not grow. I mean, but something is happening underneath the ground. Year five, that thing will grow 80 feet. Just shoot it out of the ground. Some bamboo can grow as fast as 37 inches in 24 hours. Now, that's a, that, now, I want to tell you the same thing happens in conversations. You don't, have to, you don't have to keep looking for results, you know? Well, I asked him what made him happy. Nothing happened, you know? Don't look for results. Be interested in the person. That's the strongest spiritual connection you can make. Be interested in the person because they know no matter what the result of the conversation, You've loved them for who they are and you're interested in what they think, all right? So that's a general conversation and it can take place over a long period of time. Now there's another, there's a specifically God-centered conversation, all right? God-centered when appropriate and that's, that's what, that's what uh, um, uh, Paul writes, you know, that God will open a door, that I could be alert to when this thing's gonna happen. 
to when it's when it's when it's a it's a normal place to insert some spiritual conversation. And 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 sometimes when your friends are going through a rough time or 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 they've or something awful has ha happened in the world or or there's some initiating event, it's it, it would be normal to say things like, "What do you believe about God?" You know. Or if they're, if they're talking about different religions, I heard about this, you know, it might be good to say, well, let me ask you a question. Who's Jesus to you? Who do you think Jesus is? There's just really a great opening, all right? Again, you don't have to take it anywhere. You don't have to close the deal. But it's, it's good to hear somebody consider who, they, who he is. Uh, 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 one that is popular, because this is how people think, do you think there's a heaven or a hell? I mean, people go there. They go there. Everybody's considered that. I wonder if there's a heaven or a hell. So it gets you into a level where you can enter into the conversations. Watch this. As far as it will go on its own momentum. Now, what do I mean by that? As far as people are interested to keep talking. When people are not interested to keep talking, stop going there. Let them determine. Do you remember what I used to say about um, the principles of uh, communication when, uh, being illustrated by water skiing? Now, let me, let me review for you. Water skiing, three rules. First of all, you start out, the tips of the ski have to be above the water. All right? If you're going to have a spiritual conversation with someone, the tips of the skis have to be above the water. Your perspective has to be above what you want to get on top of. They have to be more than, higher than what the world is. All right? So you start out with an orientation that I want to go, that I want to take this eventually above where the world usually thinks. Tips of the skis start above the water. Second principle. When you get up, when you're having the conversation, you stay flexible. If your knees are locked when you're water skiing, you will go down. Because the water has texture. And so the second thing you have to realize is bend your knees. Be flexible. Because this can go any direction. And if you're flexible, you can, you can, you can stay up longer, you know. The conversation can go any direction. Let it go, whatever it's doing. Don't try to fight it, you know. Just go with where it goes. Number three, when you fall, and when you're water skiing, everybody falls, all right, except the most expert of water skiers. But we're talking about beginning water skiing here. When you fall, not if you fall, when you fall, let go of the rope. <laughs> Extremely important. You know, our nature is to hold on. I'm not giving up. And you just, it doesn't end well. You've got to let go of the rope. Because if you let go of the rope, what's going to happen? It'll come around again. You get another chance. When you're in a conversation and it's, in, it, 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 it's, it's apparent to you that they're done talking, let go of the conversation. Don't keep drilling. Don't keep holding on. Don't keep insisting on your own way. Let go. It'll come around again. It'll come around again. So spiritual conversations are important when 
you are alert to the seasons of that conversation. And then here's the last thing. What I've done so far is given you kind of an intellectual connection. All right? Intellectual connection is what makes you happy? What's your goal in life? That kind of thing. Those kinds of questions. Just, just establishing something deeper intellectually with them. I've given you a spiritual connection. You know? You have any belief about God? What do you think about Jesus? That's kind of a spiritual connection. This is the most important part and the, and the primary part in how we're wired. The relational connection. The relational connection. So you've got to have skin in the game. This isn't an intellectual, a relationship with Christ is not an intellectual ascent to a religion. It's an actual personal thing. And so therefore, if you're going to have this kind of conversation, you have to be personally involved. You have to be able to say, can I tell you, somewhere, you know, uh, when it's appropriate, can I tell you about my life with God? Because they're going to be curious. Well, where are you on all this? And so you, you explain, you know, what your life was like before Christ and what your life is like after Christ. Now, let me give you a caution here. Don't use a bunch of religious platitudes about your life after Christ. Don't pretend that it's perfect. Don't pretend that you've got all the answers. Don't pretend that everything's going well. People are smarter than that. But just to be able to say, you know, I know where I'm going. I know who loves me. I know who will always be in my corner. I know the kind of person I want to become. And I know the supernatural help I have to get there. That's, that's attractive to people. And it's attractive for them to know someone like that. And then, we'll teach you this later on. This is just the beginning. This is just kind of, kind of the intro. 101. Spiritual Conversations 101. The big picture, the big picture of, the, of, of what the scripture says the universe is all about. Now let me close real quickly because I've got three minutes left and I haven't got enough time to tell you these two stories. But I'm going to do it as fast as I can. There are going to be two people you talk to. One is people who don't want to change their lives and you don't want them to change their lives because they're wonderful people. And they feel like if they become Christians, they'll have to change their entire life. I, I, I was with, uh, earlier this week, um, I was in D.C. hosting a, a, a group of national Jewish leaders and evangelical leaders. And, and we've been doing this for seven years. These folks are my friends. I love these guys. These are rabbis and Jewish scholars. And, and they know we're evangelicals. They know, they, they, I know you, gotta, you guys got to share Jesus with everybody. That's just who you are. I know you are. You know? But we want you to, I want you to know, we want you to know what it feels like to a Jew when you start sharing Christ with them in a way that if we don't accept Christ, we're going to hell. Let me tell you what it feels like to us. It feels like the Holocaust in more subtle terms. That'll take you back. That'll take you back. Because we're not trying to eliminate. They said, if we become Christians, we're not Jews any longer. And so the way we feel is you're trying to eliminate Jews. And the way we keep saying it, the way I keep saying it is, I'm not trying to get you to stop being Jewish. 
Good grief. I'm just trying to get you to know who Jesus is. I love, Judaism is our mother religion. You wouldn't kill off your mother. (laughs) You respect your mother. You don't expect your mother to be you, but yet you want them to know what Jesus has done for them too. And so the, the point is that whether or not they ever believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, you're still gonna love them. You're still gonna be in that relationship because they're worth it to you no matter how this turns out. So you gotta trust this in the Holy Spirit. You can't say just the right words and they go, oh, you know, this is God's work. So you don't, you don't, you just present Christ as he is in your life. Leave the rest of the Holy Spirit, okay? And, and love them just like they are no matter what they decide or don't decide. But here's the other part. There's some people who you do want to approach life differently, and they want to. The, the, Thursday night, um, we had, a, we had a, a gathering here sponsored by the Orlando Sentinel, and it was a gathering on, on uh, racial reconciliation. We're a long time congregation just who, who, are, who are champions for racial reconciliation and justice and so on and so forth. And, and so there were four uh, African-American pastors on the, on the panel and two white guys, a Jew and me. Um, and, and, this, and this rabbi is just one of my very, very good friends. Well, anyhow, this guy stood up and it was question and answer for the, for the room. And so this guy, the black guy stood up and he said, I want to know something. Why is it that every time we riot, because there's, we've, we've had violence perpetrated on us, you guys, and he was talking to the African, uh, African-American pastors, come out and tell us to calm down. You know, we're the ones that have violence perpetrated on us. Why should we calm down? Well, every one of them to the, to the person said, well, it's not Jesus' way. You know, you don't, you, don't, you don't overcome evil with evil. You overcome evil with good. You don't come overcome hate with hate. You overcome hate with love. And, and they all gave the wonderful, biblical, deep, moral answer. I watched, I looked back, this guy was going like this the whole time, you know. And, uh, and I, I could just see he wasn't buying it, you know. And so finally I said this. Let me give you a practical reason. Because the community you're burning down is your own community. The people you're hurting are the people you love. If for no other reason, you don't hurt the people you love. You don't hurt the people who are most for you. I got to tell you, that's what sin does. It hurts the people we love. And so the reason that people really need to hear about Jesus are not just the wonderful high spiritual truths that everyone, God wants, God wants everyone to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. But it's the very practical reason that we're tired of seeing people destroy their own lives. And for the most part, they're tired of it too. Hey, let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for this wonderful word you have for us today, literally from your scriptures. And we just pray that you would make us into the kind of people who could begin to give a portion of our conversations dedicated to you. Help us, Lord, just to be as salt and as light and lead us by your Holy Spirit to know when we can go deeper and when we can help people get closer to you, even as we want to get closer to you. 
Lord, let me just say this. If there's anyone within the sound of my voice right now who it is time for them to dedicate their life totally to you, let them do it by praying this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I know when you died on the cross, you paid for my sins too. And you want to give me a brand new life, a resurrected life every day I live. I want that. I know you offer it as a gift. I accept that. Come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. And for all of us, Lord, who have already said that prayer, we ask you to lead us, not only in our conduct, but in our conversation toward establishing the kingdom of God, that it might be done on earth, even as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.